All right, I'm going to invite Paul and G1 up. So this is an exciting day for us. We're kind of um, evolving and launching community service program. So these guys, they'll tell you what it is, um, but pretty exciting. We were hoping to have the whole Nepalese church here as well, but they're camping. So these guys have come out especially for it and a few others as well. Thank you for coming out. And Scott Pilgrim will be talking to us later from Baptist Mission Australia. And what we're doing this year wouldn't be possible without BMA and their involvement. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Dean. Uh, hello, everyone. Good morning. First of all, I give thanks our Heavenly Father. And secondly, I greet you all in the name of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, it's, it's my great privilege to stand before you to share our mission project. And especially uh, on, behalf of, uh, on behalf of our Nebulichas congregation, I'd like to thank you all the citywide uh, congregation and especially Baptist Mission Australia for support of our Nepalese community mission project. As you know that our over Nepalitsos and citywide congregation started a minister driving mentor program in Hobart nearly five years and we have been praying for the 12 seater van uh, to support our community uh, from 2015 and God answer uh, in uh, God answer and God, uh, God answer our supplication in the right time. Uh, finally, we he brought a two-seater van through the support of Baptist Mission Australia. Thank you, Scott, for your heart, and thank you, Scott, for your support uh, to us. So we brought a we brought a van, two-seater van from Sydney, uh, Newcastle. So we are going this coming Friday uh, to bring, and the van will be arrived on in the next coming Monday. So thank you so much for your prayer and support, and please pray for uh, pray for our new mission project. Uh, through our uh, community support project. This project will include uh, our lawn or driver mentorship program itself, which is fantastic and going really well. And I would like to thank on my behalf as well to everyone who who are supporting for this project. And also this uh, community uh, support program will include our, uh, the transfer service, which will be used, uh, uh, the van will be used for this project, um, especially for airport drop-off and pick-off, uh, transport need for our, our community, um, uh, hospital uh, visit and uh, doctor visit, uh, uh, supermarket needs for those who come, newly come to Tasmania, uh, house inspections, um, and so many other things, uh, including uh, including other assistance like uh, how to use uh, uh, public transport that I used to use, uh, at, uh, like Opal. I say I still say Opal instead of Metro card, <laughs> uh, green card these days, uh, and uh, introduction to the uh, banking and government service here in Tasmania. Uh, like finding groceries of uh, supermarkets and the one which I love the most, translation and interpreting services that I personally love to do for our community peoples. Uh, for this, from this project, uh, so many things will be um, helpful to our community, those who need uh, this service, and uh, would like to thank everyone for this, uh, you know, for this opportunity that you guys have brought, and also Baptist Mission Australia, including um, um, uh, Scott, for, for, for the great help, because that already, um, Pastor Dan said, Without BMA, this project would not be happened or gonna run. Uh, 
this year. But sometimes I used to think, what would be a life, our meaning of life, if we don't love God, if we don't share our you know, life to our community and bless our people? Thank you. So that's great. Um, there's anywhere between 6,000 and 10,000 Nepalese in Hobart. Numbers are disputed between different places, but that's a, that's a big mission field. And there's many of them who haven't heard the gospel, and it's just great for those guys and the ministry they're doing. So we'll pray for them in a sec. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for um, our Nepalese community, the Christian community here that wants to reach out. Father, um, Christianity is growing so fast in Nepal, and we'd love to see that happening here in Hobart as well. Father, that, that as they come and live in a new environment, that they will see the love of Christ through the hands and feet and words of those in our church. So, God, thank you for this initiative and be with us as we, as, we, as we really get it rolling. Thank you so much for the provision of the bus and also for G1 having a bit of time to, to work it through. Amen. And we're reading from uh, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become concerned, provoking and envying each other. Well, it's wonderful to be with you today and thank you for the invitation and the welcome. Uh, it's uh, my privilege to lead Baptist Mission Australia, uh, the intercultural mission arm of our Australian Baptist movement. We have team members serving around the world in Africa, Asia, Central Australia, Urban Australia. And uh, one of our, uh, I guess, our, our hopes, our prayers, our dreams uh, over the last couple of years has been, what does it look like to form new partnerships uh, within an Australian context? Uh, the fact that there might be six to 10,000 Nepali people in Hobart alone highlights that the world continues to come to Australia and that all around us, Across the street, in our local neighbourhoods, across our nation, across the world, there are opportunities for mission. And so um, it's wonderful to be with you today as we launch this partnership. And what's exciting, and I hope you'll be encouraged, is this is the first church in Australia that Baptist Mission Australia has launched a local partnership with. And uh, we want to really affirm and congratulate you at, uh, at Citywide, Pastor Matt and Dan, and of course, Pastor Paul and his team. Uh, we were so encouraged um, by the, uh, the, the unity, uh, the generosity, uh, the, uh, the commitment to your local community and mission that we wanted to come alongside you and certainly put money towards this really exciting partnership. There are plenty of churches around the country that uh, have uh, attached congregations an English congregation and a Mandarin congregation or an English congregation and a Spanish congregation. I think one of the beautiful things of what's happening at Citywide is you've embraced that sense of community together. And so can I encourage you and affirm you? And we look forward to all that will come from this exciting partnership together. Can I pray as we come to God's word?
Father God, as we open up your word this morning, we would pray that you might just give us ears to hear, that you might give us faith and courage to put into practice the things that you might want to say to us this morning. And Holy Spirit, as we focus on what does it mean to listen to you in our lives, we pray that you might be given space in our hearts and our minds today, that you might speak to us and that we might be ready to apply your word to our life. In Jesus' name, amen. I recently had the opportunity uh, online of sitting with uh, one of our team members. Uh, his name's Anthony. He's known as Ant. He's, uh, he's a larger-than-life kind of character. Likes to call me Bosso. And, uh, and uh, we were chatting uh, about uh, just what, what had been happening in his life over recent weeks. Uh, Ant and his wife Jack and their, their kids uh, live in Fiji. Uh, they work among uh, Muslim people in that, uh, in that community. Uh, Ant is an agronomist, loves farming, loves to get his hands dirty in the dirt of the farm. And he regularly travels to South Asia, to one of the poorest countries in the world where we also work, where he's teaching people uh, in that country uh, skills in terms of agriculture, uh, farming, uh, health, hygiene, some really exciting things that Ant's involved in. He told me the simple story that he was driving uh, through some, uh, some hill country in Fiji to, uh, to meet some, uh, some farmer friends and he noticed a man kind of over there just off the road as he drove along. And he had that kind of nudge to, to stop but he, he, he didn't stop, he kept going because there was a sense of he had his own agenda for the day. As he was driving back down uh, through that hill country, uh, he was approaching again where that man was. And again, within sight, inside him, there was a sense that, that I should stop. And this time as he drove back down the, the, the hill, he saw the man was there. And he strongly sensed uh, God saying to him, it's time to stop the car, get out and talk to this man, a stranger. So Ant was responsive to the Holy Spirit. He gets out, he comes across this man and they begin to talk. Uh, the man uh, is from a local village, uh, a single middle-aged man who struggles with mental health challenges and he's been ostracised by his community, kind of pushed out of that local community and he sleeps under uh, a rough tent on the side of the road uh, hoping that people might bring him some help and support. Over recent months, ants helped this man begin his own little vegetable garden He's now got five chooks. He's got a comfortable mattress to sleep on. But more than that, he's learning about Isa, Jesus. He's on his way of journeying towards faith in Christ. It's a simple story, but at the same time a powerful story. It could be your story and my story. And what stands out in this story is that Ant was open to the Holy Spirit in his life. He was open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I uh, want to congratulate Nick today. She took on uh, a huge challenge. Our kids talk about the Trinity. She did well. In fact, I'm glad I'm not preaching on the Trinity here today. I just get to focus on the Holy Spirit, the steam from the coffee cup. Paul says in Galatians, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the leading of the Spirit in every part of our lives. 
One of the things I think that uh, is really helpful we think about the L in this series, bless and now today listen to the Holy Spirit, is to remind ourselves that we're not talking about some, uh, some force you know, or some spooky ghost. Sometimes it's hard, isn't it, particularly as we come new to faith, to try to get our head around the Holy Spirit. But to remind ourselves we're talking about uh, the Spirit of Jesus living within us. That God doesn't leave us bereft, that God comes to us and God wants to live within us. And the Holy Spirit is here today to bring you comfort and guidance and to lead you and to stand with you. And that sense that this beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit is given to every one of us as followers of Jesus. If we think about our call, Jesus says to us, we are sent just as he was sent. John 21, just as the Father sent me, so I send you. If we go back to Jesus' baptism, which I like to do often, we're reminded of kind of the core template for how we're sent in terms of ministry. You and I here in Lena Valley or Mornington across Hobart today. What do we see in Jesus' baptism? We see the Father declare love over the Son. You are my beloved Son. And that brings... To Jesus' security and identity. Throughout Jesus' earthly ministry, the mountaintop experiences in the valleys, the prayer of Gethsemane, going to the cross, in the midst of the, the challenge of the religious leaders and the, the disciples who don't get it and the crowds who want miracles, Jesus holds and treasures his identity and security in knowing that he's loved by the Father and he's come to do the Father's will. I don't know about you this morning, when you got up and you looked in the mirror, I said to myself, God, this is as good as it's going to get today. Some of you, of course, looked in the mirror and said, thank you, God, for my beauty. Good looks, like Pastor Dan. But you know, one thing I'm reminded of every day if I look in the mirror, no matter what the world says about me, no matter what others may say about me, no matter what even the labels we may place on ourselves that are unhelpful, God lavishes his love upon me as a child of God. That's who you are. The first song we sang this morning. And we remind ourselves that like Jesus, we are sent knowing our identity and security is in that we are loved children of God and that God would esteem us that much that even someone like myself, ordinary and broken, still getting my life together, that God wants to use you and I as his hands and feet in Hobart in this beautiful but broken world. The Father declares love over the Son and the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus that he might step out empowered for mission, empowered for the task that God has for him. What do we celebrate today in Mornington and Lena Valley? That, that we are shaped the same way, loved by the Father, the children of God, and then empowered by the Holy Spirit that we might step out into our world with the privilege of being the hands and feet of Jesus. And so Paul in Galatians 5 kind of envelopes this challenge in, in Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. And then he goes on to talk about the kind of sinful life, the, the pull of the world, uh, the, the obsession with consumerism and materialism and a me-focused life. But he says, no, we're called to something different. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. And then he finishes the chapter 
Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the leading of the Spirit in every part of our lives. The older I get, the more I see how I can complicate my faith and my desire, how do I simplify my faith more and more that I might be in tune with what God has for me. And I see that vital to that is reminding myself every day that I'm a loved child of God and I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit want to do in our lives? I'm mindful we're on the clock this morning and we haven't got a lot of time. So can I just offer us these kind of two thoughts this morning? We think about what it means to listen to the Holy Spirit and then very quickly wrap up with some practical points of what that might look like. What does the Holy Spirit want to do in your life? He wants to lead you into Christ's likeness and he wants to lead you into mission. Every one of us sitting here today, every one of us at Mornington, everyone watching online, what does Jesus want to do? He wants to lead you into Christ's likeness and he brings and gives us the Holy Spirit for that purpose and he wants to lead us into mission. My wife and my kids, they love home restoration shows, you know, the block, home renovation shows, escape to the chateau, move to the country. I don't know, there's so many of them. Uh, If you go across all the streams today, wherever you go, some kind of show about house restoration or renovation. I'm not a big fan of those kind of programs. You see, I'm not a handyman at all. My wife is the handyman in our family. And our kids always say to, to, to Megan and I, you should go on the block. The reason they want us to go on the block is they know that one of us will do our block and walk off the screen. Because it's impossible for us to work together. My wife is the handyman. She changes the light bulb. She says, if I pick up a hammer, Scott, put that hammer down. If, if we were on the block, she'd be knocking the walls down and I'd be at freedom doing the styling. Because I'm good with pillows and candles and colours. That's our family. You know what? Every one of us today is like a home restoration project. Every one of us here today are work in progress And our God loves renovation and restoration. Our God loves renovation and restoration. You talk to ants and hear that story I shared, but then you go back in his own life and you see a God who's been at work in his life, renovating and restoring. And I think it's helpful to remind ourselves that that's who we are. We're a work in progress. And here's the challenge. The Holy Spirit today... Is it work in your life and the Holy Spirit today wants to shape you that you might love, live, lead and look more like Jesus? You got that? The Holy Spirit's at work in your life today that you might look, live, love and lead more like Jesus. And the challenge to Scott Pilgrim, the challenge to every one of us here today online across the two campuses, we can choose to cooperate with that process or we can choose to hinder that process. You go back to Galatians 5 again and Paul starts with that call to allow the Holy Spirit to to kind of lead you in your life. And he finishes with that. And in the middle, he talks about all the things that get in the way. And how do we increasingly seek to free ourselves from the sinful ways or the me first living? How do we seek to cooperate more and more and more with the Holy Spirit in our life that he might shape us into something beautiful, that he might shape us into a person who looks more like Jesus? I just had an email come in this morning from one of our team members in Africa, a young woman called Sally 
a single beautiful woman who serves in our team in Mozambique. She was actually writing to me in terms of a call to prayer because a woman has been murdered within 400 metres of where she lives in Mozambique. But I had the privilege of being with Sally in Africa late last year. And I walk around villages with Sally and she speaks the local language and she's got to know the culture and the customs of people around her. But there's this natural affinity of how she comes alongside Yao women in Mozambique. And you stop and you step back and you think, what is it about Sally? And you simply realise that as an ordinary person, a young woman serving Jesus, the Holy Spirit is at work in her life and she looks like Jesus. She lives like Jesus. She becomes naturally attractive to people around her. Yeah, yeah, women want to know more about Isa because they see it in Sally. Here's the challenge. We come to the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 and we read that if we look more like Jesus will be characterised by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Now we live in a culture that likes choices. But first and foremost we're reminded that it's not that we get to tick three and exclude the others. As the Holy Spirit's at work in our lives, he wants to lead us that we might look more like Jesus and the fruit of the Spirit in that passage is what it looks like. And I sat down last night and I looked at that list and I thought to myself, have I progressed over the last 12 months in those areas of my life? I can kid you and tell you, I'm on top of all of those But if my wife was here and my kids are here, they might say something different. We haven't got time this morning to unpack the fruit of the Spirit, but can I encourage you over a cup of coffee, tea, kombucha, whatever your drink of choice is, that this week you might sit down and just read that list slowly and read it again and again and ask the Holy Spirit to speak into your lives about where, where might there be need for restoration and renovation. And when we pray that prayer, we pray it confidently because we know the Holy Spirit wants to do that in our lives. And just imagine if I was to come back in 12 months' time and we were to be together again and we could celebrate and recognise not who we are but more of Jesus within us the Holy Spirit who wants to lead us into Christ-likeness. And the Holy Spirit who wants to lead us into mission. Every one of us. Not just our pastors or leaders or some who might be gifted in certain ways, but every one of us. And as I move around the country in my role, I found it incredibly helpful because so often I'm involved in conversations where people want to stop and say, yeah, but I'm not called for that or I'm not shaped for that. And isn't it wonderful to remind ourselves today that God is already at work in Hobart, that God is ahead of us and before us. God doesn't need Citywide Baptist Church, but he chooses to graciously invite you to mission. God is already at work in Lena Valley and in Mornington. God is already at work in Blackburn South where I God is already at work. And what is mission? Mission is God's gracious invitation to join him in his redemptive activity across the world. God doesn't need the church for mission. 
God invites the church into his mission. And he invites each and every one of us to play our part in that process. Like Ant in Fiji. Like Pastor Paul and the team here. When I first met Pastor Paul, talk about Christ-likeness. You see it in this pastor. You see his humility, his graciousness, his leadership, but also his passion for his people here in Hobart and across the world. And we hope to keep talking about what that might look like in phase two of a partnership in terms of Nepal. So you got up this morning, you looked in the mirror, you thanked God for your good looks. You reminded yourself that you're a loved child of God, that God lavishes his love on you. You remind yourself that you're empowered by the Spirit. And then we remind ourselves that we are esteemed with the privilege of stepping to our local community to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's a privilege. Yes, a responsibility, a mandate, but a privilege. And, and what does the Holy Spirit want to do? The Holy Spirit wants to go before you. The Holy Spirit wants to go before you that he might open doors, that he might show you opportunities, that he might lead you to people, that he might help you to embrace what God has for you. When Jesus sends out the 72, he sends them out and he says, go out into the local community and look for people of peace. Find a house where you're welcomed, a house of peace. And he says, stay there. Don't look, to go, don't, don't look to live anywhere else. Stay there. Experience hospitality and, and use that base, that house of peace, as a conduit that you might live there and share the good news with others. That's true for us in our world today. When we step out of church this morning, when we step into life today in Hobart and back to work or school or uni tomorrow, God will bring people of peace into our lives. The challenge is our spiritual radar up and running. Are we alert to what God wants to do in our lives? It could be the woman on the gym in, this, in the treadmill next to us whose life is falling apart and it might simply be one sentence of how you're going that begins a conversation. And she could be a person of peace in your life, a person who yearns to know more about Jesus. It could be uh, the lady down the street. It could be a person that you're working with. It could be a stranger that God brings into your life. The challenge for us to be ready and open for those opportunities. Not to suddenly you know, have to get that person in a headlock, take them through the four spiritual laws and alpha, but rather to de develop a relationship, to begin a conversation, to share a glass of water in Jesus' name, to teach someone to drive, to offer a refugee support. Go back to Sally in Africa. And when I was walking through those villages, right alongside her was a lady called Mama Lion, a beautiful lady with a gorgeous smile and a wonderful personality. Mama Lion is still on a journey towards Jesus. She's a Yao woman who's grown up in an Islamic background. She came alongside Sally as her language nurturer. She's taught Sally, to, she's taught Sally how to speak Chiao. 
And isn't it amazing how God works? Here's this woman yearning to know more about God and wondering who Issa is. And God brings mum a line next to Sally that they might teach, that, that Sally might learn Chiao. And they read the Bible together now as part of their language nurturing. But mama line now takes Sally to all the villages. She opens the doors and she says to women, you've got to sit down and listen to stories about Issa. <laughs> Sally couldn't have done that on her own. The God who leads us into mission. The God who brings people of peace into our lives. In Acts 16, we read of Paul's second missionary journey. And Paul had his plans. He said, I'm going to go to this town, this town, this town, that town. I'm going to preach there, do this, do that. He had it all worked out. But you go home and read Acts 16 and Paul constantly says, and the Holy Spirit blocked me from entering the country. The Holy Spirit kind of told me, no, don't go there, don't go there. It was like Paul typed into you know, the GPS where he wanted to go and Siri said, sorry, you're not going there today. And as Paul attunes himself, aligns himself to what the Holy Spirit wants to do, suddenly he finds himself going to Philippi and that was never on his list. And suddenly he's in Philippi. And he meets a woman called Lydia who's been led by the Holy Spirit from Thyatira to Philippi. And she's gathered with a group of women praying. And Paul steps out in the marketplace and says, I think we'll find some people today who want to know more about Jesus. And he comes alongside Lydia, a woman of wealth, who comes to know Christ. And she becomes the first follower of Jesus in mainland Europe wasn't Paul's plans, but it was the Holy Spirit's plans. And then Lydia is used as a significant conduit for the gospel. Every one of us today, as a follower of Jesus, has the Holy Spirit living within us. The challenge, the opportunity, are we aligned and attuned to what the Spirit wants to do in our lives? The Spirit who wants to lead us into Christ-likeness. And the spirit who wants to lead us in to mission. As we wrap up this morning, how do we listen to that spirit? How do we know that the spirit is in our lives and wants to speak to us? The scriptures give us some simple answers to that question. The first is to model Jesus' practice of prayer. Jesus would retreat before he advanced. I don't know you very well in this auditorium or across at Mornington, but I reckon if you're like me, I don't need to go to a seminar, Advance 101. I'm busy enough. I step out to advance too much. But I, I do need to learn more about what it means to retreat and pray and be silent and meet with God and meet with the Holy Spirit. That's the model of Jesus. You know, today, on average... An Australian spends up to five hours in front of a screen, 150 minutes on our telephone each day. We get at least 121 emails on average. I wish mine was only 121. We are bombarded with information and noise. Our lives are busy and crowded. There's the pull of family life and ministry and all good things, but our lives are so full and busy. Jesus got up early in the morning and went to a quiet place. 
And Peter had his clipboard with all the things that he wanted Jesus to do that day and said, oh, Jesus is praying again. But Jesus models for us retreat before advance, that Jesus might orient and align his life around the Holy Spirit. When we read God's word, we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, the living and active word of God. You've got in your follow, I think I saw behind me, you need to love God's word. As we pray, we attune our lives to the Holy Spirit. As we read God's word, we attune our lives to the Holy Spirit. As we allow wise mentors to come alongside us. If any one of us here today is seeking to live faith on our own and we're closed having others speak into our life, that's usually a path to peril. But we're invited to allow others to speak into our lives. I'm incredibly thankful that I've got people like Alan, a retired Baptist pastor in my life, who I can regularly reach out to and who will I regularly have a coffee with, someone who knows me well, but someone who knows me well enough to say, Scott, I won't say what he says, but someone who's willing to speak truth into my life. You know, when I say everything's great, he says, no, it's not. Someone who's willing to be alongside me and speak truth into my life, but also to be a conduit for the Spirit. I had a really difficult decision to make recently, and he emailed me late one evening. I got up the next morning and I read that email, and it was just the advice that I needed to step into that difficult situation. As we pray, as we read God's Word, as we hear the voice of mentors and others, we experience the Holy Spirit. And finally... And this is, this is a bit like sitting down and doing a kid's talk on the Trinity. This one's a little hard to explain. But the longer we follow Jesus and the longer we orient our lives around Jesus, the more we experience the nudges of the Holy Spirit. Many of you know what I mean. Like when Ant was driving along and suddenly there was that nudge to stop. You know, when you were walking down the street and you felt God nudge you that you should talk to that person. I was with a friend recently and they were in telling me the story. They were in a, uh, a supermarket and they were kind of next in line um, to, uh, to get served, one of those rare supermarkets where real people still serve you. And uh, they had this nudge that they should offer to pay for the woman's groceries in front of them. And my friend said, she said to herself, don't be stupid as if God would tell me to do that. Oh God, no, I don't want to do that. That would be embarrassing and how will the lady take it? And she just continued to sense that nudge and it got towards the end of the woman groceries being put through and the shop assistant said what the price was and the lady's face kind of looked down and there was a sense of embarrassment and my friend heard her say, I'll have to put some things back. And then my friend stepped forward and she said it was almost like she couldn't get the words out of her mouth, but she said, I feel like I should pay for your groceries. And the two women ended up going outside and sitting down over a cup of coffee. And the young woman poured out her life story of brokenness. And suddenly she's got a friend in her corner. But it began with this crazy nudge and notion of paying for that lady's groceries. God works in mysterious ways. God works in beautiful ways. And God wants to work through you where you are today, in your life, in your neighbourhood, in your community, 
as we listen to the Holy Spirit, he leads us into Christ-likeness. As we listen to the Holy Spirit, he leads us into mission. And together he leads us into unity that we might be the people of God together. And so as we conclude today, can I say thank you for the privilege that we have to partner with you at Citywide, at Baptist Mission Australia. We're looking forward to all this partnership will bring because it's come to pass because the Holy Spirit has led us together in partnership. Can I pray? And as I pray, the, the worship team might want to come back and lead us this morning. Our simple prayer this morning would become Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Uh, for some uh, who are a part of this worship service today who desperately need the comfort of the Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Uh, for some who need to be reminded that they are lavishly loved by you, that they're children of God and it's time to rip off labels of what others might say about them, come Holy Spirit. For, for some who might need to be free of some of the sinful nature that Paul talks about in Galatians 5 and let go of some things that really hold them back to experience freedom in their lives. Come Holy Spirit. And for all of us gathered in worship today, as we read about the fruit of the Holy Spirit and what it looks to live more like Jesus, we pray, come Holy Spirit. And for all of us, being reminded that you call us this week to join you in mission as the hands and feet of Jesus. Come Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.